Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. tonight at Healing School. Let's get our Bibles out and let's, uh, you really should have a notepad uh, to write down some thoughts that resonate in your heart, things that you want to be able to access later on. It's interesting in many times that we hear something from the Lord. It's not just in services like this, but during the day, the Lord will, something will come up from our heart to our mind and we'll go, oh, I like that a lot. If we don't make a notation of it, there's a good chance we're going to let it slip away and we'll forget it because you're in the spirit when you get that that word from the Lord and then we get back up into the mind and we can't remember what it is. So if you're really expecting to hear something tonight that's going to help your walk with the Lord and help you to receive what he has for you, then there's going to be an expectancy that you're putting forth by getting out a notebook and a writing device. Amen. So this is Healing School, and uh, understand that we'll be doing this, well, until we don't. (laughs) I really feel that this is an arm uh, of this church. You know, Jesus, that was one of the focal points of his earthly ministry. He taught, he preached, and he healed. And so he's still doing it today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we, we need to emphasize it in the same way that he did. And so uh, we'll just uh, jump in on Sunday nights. At least that's what is uh, scheduled uh, for, uh, for us at this time. And then uh, we'll just keep uh, doing it uh, every week and make it available to you, the listener. And uh, there, there is a divine purpose that we have in having a healing school. Number one, we're here to help those who are sick to receive healing in their body. And that's what Jesus did. He was there not only to touch people with their spiritual needs, but he was also there to help them with their physical needs. And then number two, and I think this is the most important reason to have healing school, is that we need to keep our faith and our knowledge of it being the will of God to provide healing for us. We need to have a, a surplus of that in our life. We have to continually feed on that and so that we can keep from being sick. Uh, you don't want to get into a place where you've got to have faith for healing uh, at a time where things are, you know, time is shrunk down because of what the doctors say. You, you know, hey, if, you don't, if something doesn't happen in a couple of months, you just might leave this earth. Well, that's the wrong environment to learn and to grow uh, your faith and my faith. And so we want to keep people from getting sick. We want them to have their faith at a place that when sickness does come, symptoms do come to their body on any level, whether it be a headache, whether it be a cold, cold, whether it be a flu, whatever it might be, that you can resist that and push it out of your body with your faith. And then thirdly, we want to train technicians who are out there in the world. <clears throat> we only have a limited exposure to people here in a church setting. 
and you're, you're seeing people that we'll never see. You're exposed to neighbors. You're exposed to family members. You're exposed to people in the line at Walmart or wherever you're shopping. You're running into people all over the place. And God said in his word, in fact, Jesus said it himself, he says that the believer shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Well, I mean, you know, that takes confidence to pray for someone. It takes faith to pray for somebody. You have to have a knowledge in the word of God. And that's what you get here at Healing School. So those are the three arms and purposes of this uh, healing school here at Birth and Family Church. To, uh, to heal the sick, to keep the, the, the believer full of faith so they don't get sick. And then number three, to get you guys out there to lay hands on the sick so that they can recover. Amen? So let's uh, jump in tonight. Let's pray. Father... We thank you for healing school. We thank you for this opportunity to dig into the word of God, to hear the word of God, thus establishing your will for us in this time on the earth. And we thank you, Lord, that faith is a receiver. Faith takes what you have promised and, and causes it to become our personal possession, just like our salvation. We, we were saved through faith. Well, guess what? We're healed through faith as well. And so I thank you, Father, that as we hear the word, our faith will be strengthened and that we'll learn how to release our faith and to appropriate what Jesus has purchased for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So you might want to put at the top of your page, one, two, three, four. The one, two, three, four to receive your healing. So what we're going to do tonight, and again, this depends on the, the, the dynamic of uh, time, if, if we can get it done in one setting, praise the Lord. If not, that's okay. We've got next Sunday night. But what I want to do is give each one of us the formula of receiving our healing. The formula. Now, understand that a formula is not going to heal you. You can't just do this, do that, do the next thing, do the next thing, and then you're healed. That's a formula. But what we're going to do is that we're going to put the formula down so you see the outline of how to receive healing. And then we're going to be talking about the principles that each one of these steps represents. Each, each step is not simply a formula, but with that formula are spiritual principles that you have to apply individually to, to take that step of the formula. You understand what I'm saying? If not, you will as we get into this. So we're going to look at a, a skeleton, so to speak, of how to receive your healing. Step one, step two, step three, step four. And then from there in weeks uh, later on, we'll start putting some flesh on that skeleton, on that bone, and learn how to operate in faith. The principles of faith, not the formula of faith. So here we go. I want you to go on over to Mark uh, chapter 10, uh, verse 27. And uh, this is uh, Jesus. And he makes, he makes a statement. And this is, this is readily uh, believable to, to any person that has any kind of intelligence at all. This verse 27 says that Jesus looked upon them, and this is what he said. With man, it is impossible. Now, how many of you can agree with that statement? How many times have you and I 
face something in life that to us, humanly speaking, it was impossible. Hello, I can put my hand up. <laughs> That's happened quite a bit, <laughs> many times. That's why I, I reached out to the Lord as my Savior. So he says, with man, it is impossible. And then he goes on to contrast that and say, but not with God. Aren't you glad that you are uh, united with deity? Aren't you, aren't you, aren't you, don't you have a peace of mind knowing that you're related to deity with God? How awesome. I feel sorry for people in the world that are just scratching and biting to, to live life and to get over, and yet they're by themselves. They don't have a God that they can relate to, a God that they can, they can solicit and, and actually have him a part of their life helping them. And so with us, we have many things that we face that are impossible, but when we come together with God, then we can begin using his methods his resources because with god all things are possible that means the impossible to god is possible so when man tells us that what you're facing is impossible we know that that's not the final word when a doctor comes and says, well, you have something that's incurable. Well, to man, it is. But guess what? We have a God in which it's not impossible. It is possible. And so we need to understand that no matter what you and I face in this realm, in our physical body, that we're not without resources. We're not without hope. We have a God who who has given the life of his son to us so that that which is impossible can be possible for you and I. Jesus goes further. If you go back a chapter to, to chapter 9 and look at verse 23. Now we just found out that there's nothing that's impossible to God. Well, doesn't it make sense that if you and I have a relationship with God, then through him in our individual life that we can make that which is impossible possible? Look here what Jesus said. Jesus said unto him, he says, if you can believe, if you can believe. So what is the condition of what Jesus is saying? He's, he, he's, he's setting us up as to the next statement he's going to make is contingent upon me believing. And if I can get to that place or to that level or to that um, position of believing what God wants me to believe, it's not believing what I want to believe, it's not believing what religion wants me to believe, is not believing what experience wants me to believe. But if I'll believe like God wants to believe and like God believes, then this next statement is relevant. Look at this. If you can believe all things, 
Everybody say, all things. Say it again, all things. How about out there? Olita, I know you're watching. How you doing tonight? Hey, Sharon. Say, all things. See, we've got to get out of our, this mindset that, that things are impossible. Hey, we have a relationship with, with him who is not impossible. Amen? It's possible. If you can believe all things are possible to him that believeth. Hallelujah. Now understand, we're talking about believing the way he describes and depicts and tells us how to believe and what to believe. See, in order to cooperate with God and to allow his power to work for us individually in our life, then we have to follow exactly the prescription he gives us to follow. Amen? And as we do that, that's when the impossible becomes possible. Now understand, any time that he's talking about believing, he's talking about believing according to the instructions and that which the Word of God reveals and dictates to you and I. One thing that, that, that being a Christian that, that you and I have to learn is that we don't have the right to believe what we want to believe. Let me say that again. Because you know there's a lot of people out there that you tell them what the Word of God says, and they say, well, yeah, but I just don't believe that. This is what I believe. Well, you and I don't have the right to believe what we... If, if Jesus is truly my Lord, if, if I've truly given my life to Him, if He's my Master, isn't that a word we don't hear very much amongst, amongst Christians? Jesus is my Master. I'm under Him. I'm following Him. He's the Lord of my life. He's not just my Savior. He's not just the one that saved me, but He's my Lord. He's over me. So I'm now required to believe what He believes. That means I've got to change what I believe into what He believes. And a lot of uh, Christianity and growing in the things of God is unlearning those things that contradict the Word of God and learning and believing what the Word of God says. I mean, when I first got into Christendom, I had to cross off a lot of things that I believed. And I had to adapt what he believed. If I'm going to receive healing from the Lord, I'm going to have to receive it his way. You know, you've heard this before, that God's not Burger King. You don't have it your way. <laughs> you can't say, hold the, mist, the mustard and the pickle, you know, on what you want to do in terms of receiving from the Lord. No, we have to adapt ourselves to what he wants us to believe, what he wants us to say, what we need to do. And when we do that, we get the results that he has for us which obviously is healing for our body. So we have to believe according to the word of God. And so if I could just 
summarize. Pastor, what's, what's it take to receive healing from the Lord? It really comes down to two things. Number one, we got to believe like God believes. See, I, I used to think that it, all, you, all you had to do as a Christian, if you had a need in your life, if you had a desire in your life, if you had a want in your life, well, then you just prayed and asked for it. And, and sometimes you got it and sometimes you didn't. He, he, he chooses. But that's not how it works according to the word of God. You've got to believe like he wants you to believe. And so if I'm going to receive healing from him, I've got to find out from the word of God, what am I to believe? So number one, to receive healing, you've got to start believing like God believes. And that means that you and I have to dig into the word of God because the Bible is the thoughts of God. This is what God thinks. This is what God wills. This is the way God does or does things. Amen? You see a, a very rigid outline in James chapter 1 where you're asking the Lord to receive something by faith and, and then as it goes along, it talks about what the parameters of faith is. It says that you've got to ask in faith. So I've got to determine how, what do I believe to have faith and what do I believe when I release faith? And when I begin doing it as the word of God, following the word of God, that's when God is able to support that which I'm believing and that which I begin acting upon. So receiving healing starts with what you believe. And then number two, you've got to release or activate what you believe, and that happens through acting accordingly to what you believe. And that's going to entail mostly by what you say. The words that you and I speak reveal what we believe. Now, I'm not saying everything that you say, because we, do, we, we, we say a lot of things that, that are just horizontal. We're, we're, we're just, you know... You know, great day today. You know, what's up? You know, just, 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 it's just, just low-level communication. But when push gets to shove, and I start saying things that contradict what the Word's saying, that's what my faith is. Or should I say that's my unbelief? And so faith has to be expressed. Faith has to be released. Faith, you have to give action to faith. We can't have a dormant or stagnant faith. We have to have an active faith. And what we say under pressure is an indicator as to what we truly believe. Because the, the Bible tells us that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth does speak. So let's get down to this outline. Number one. Did you, did you go one, two, three, four? This is number one. This is the formula to receive healing. Number one, and I'm, I'm saying it in a very dogmatic way. You must believe. That's like saying 
that you believe it without a shadow of a doubt. That if someone grabbed your arm and, and twisted it and put pressure on you and say, you, you, you don't believe the you don't believe this and this and you say under that that pain and under that anxiety you can do whatever you want to me but i believe this see the bible calls it being fully persuaded you see in order to receive our healing we have to be aggressive it is it's it's not it's not something that we should be polite about because an enemy has brought this condition that we're dealing with in our body through the laws of sin and death. And he's enforcing those in our body. And so God has made a way for us to be free, but you and I are the ones who have to fight the good fight of faith. And that takes being, there's a certain degree of tenacity that's required. There's a certain degree of aggressiveness and could I say urgency when we're battling what the enemy has brought onto our turf and into our life. It's, it's just like if, if someone comes into your house and he's got this, you know, the mask on, the ski mask on, and he comes in with his gloves on and he's stealing your stuff and you're sitting there watching him. Well, you're not going to casually say, hey could, you, hey, could you please put that back? No, you're going to get pretty uppity, right? Why? Because those are your possessions. And when healing is perceived as our possession, something that has been given to us and is now ours through Jesus Christ, then anything that contradicts that, which is our possession, we need to get aggressive. Amen? There, there has to be an aggression towards it. You know, many times the, the I think the word of God has been, oh, how do I say that without being rude or disrespectful? Well, the word of God is like texting. You don't know the tone of what people are saying. You don't know the urgency of what they're saying. That's why they invented those emojis. So you can say something sarcastic, and then you can say laugh out loud, you know, with a little, you know, image. So you can begin to see what the, the emotion is behind what's saying. But with the Word of God, we don't have that. We don't have emojis. But, but I'm... I am convinced that a lot of times that people are receiving their miracles were very aggressive in what they were saying and doing. Uh, when Jesus was casting out devils that were enforcing sicknesses, I'm sure he wasn't talking in a, in a, you know, a monotone, come out of him. No, I'm sure that there was emotion behind it, there was a, a demand in his voice, an authoritative tone. And that's how we need to be when we're receiving what we believe. So number one, you've got to believe with passion. It is the will of God for you 
to be healed. Now, this is the number one reason that Christians don't receive their healing. Because they don't know if it's the will of God for them to be healed or not. Well, why in the world would they not believe that it's his will? Because they've been taught otherwise. They've been taught that God uses sickness for some divine purpose that we can't understand. Or they've heard, well, healing has been done away with. God only healed through Jesus to prove that he was the son of God. God only healed during the early church to establish that church, and now that it's established, he doesn't heal anymore. Now, we've heard all those things, haven't we? So there's this question in our mind when we approach God to receive healing, is it his will? Because if it's not, I'm not going to get his help. Amen? So you and I have to decide. If, if, if we don't get number one right in this formula, there's no, there's no sense going on to two, three, and four. This is a subject matter that, that must be decided upon. It, it must be crossed off the list. It has to be determined by us through the word of God that it is emphatically the will of God for me to be healed. That God's all in with my healing. In fact, he's assisting my healing because it's his will. Now go on over. Going over to Matthew, I, I think that's where we're going. You mean you don't know? Exactly. Matthew, Matthew chapter 8. And let's look at verse 1. I'm reading from the King James. Now, what are, what are we discovering? We're discovering whether or not it's the will of God for me and you to receive healing for our body from the Lord. Look here in, in chapter 8, verse 1. So when Jesus was come down from the mountain, it said great multitudes followed him. It's interesting that, that you'll see that word multitudes many times in the ministry of Jesus. And sometimes it's a multitude, sometimes it's a great multitude, and sometimes it's multiple multitudes. So... I've heard a multitude is about a thousand people, so a great multitude might be, I don't know, 10,000? Hard to say. But now look here. And here's where many Christians are. Verse 2. And behold, which just means to observe or see, there came a leper. Now, a leper is one that has a skin disease, and essentially, without being too crude, your skin begins to die and rot off your body and sometimes in extreme cases cases parts of your body will fall off you know like noses and ears and fingers and I mean it's a, a deal of, uh, how do I, let's say it's a very ag aggressive disease and you can just literally just rot in front of people and it's highly contagious and so here comes this leopard and worshipped him so he just he he Remember, for the Jew, for them to worship a person, they're saying that person is God. Because 
the law was very emphatic that worship was strictly reserved for God. And so he's, in, in, in essence, saying, you're my Lord Jesus. You're my God Jesus. You're my Savior Jesus. If you're God in flesh, then you're the Messiah. So he's, he's revealing what he believes concerning uh, the Christ. And so he, he worships him. Now, now, now look what he asks. He, he asks one thing along with making a statement of what he believed while asking that one thing. Look at this. He says, Lord, again, a, a tell in what this leopard uh, believes who Jesus is. If thou wilt, or if you're willing, so that's his question, but look what he believes. You can make me clean. So he's coming to Jesus because he knows he has the power to heal his, his sick condition. He knows that he, he can heal him of leprosy. Why? Because he believes he's God. So he already believes that God can heal. Yet, he doesn't know if he's willing to heal. And that's where many Christians don't receive their healing. Because faith begins when the will of the Lord is known. If you aren't emphatically confident and assured it's the will of God for something then you don't have faith to receive it. A lot of people go to prayer to try and determine if something is the will of God. Well, I'll go, I don't know if it is or not. I know he can if he wants to, but he, he can provide anything because all things are possible to him. So I'll just ask, and if I get it, then, then I know it's his will. But faith requires that you know what his will is before you ask. And so a lot of people are asking for healing, but they're not asking by faith, and God requires that we ask by faith. We could go in a long discourse as why that is, but let's just simply say that's how we have to do an exchange with God. We have to come to him through this avenue of faith. That's how we were saved. For by grace are you saved, how? Through faith. Tells us over there in Galatians chapter 3, verse 14, that we receive all the blessings of Abraham, all the blessings of redemption through faith. You see that echoed all the way through the epistles, that if faith is what receives from what God provided for us through his death, burial, and resurrection. And so that's the rules, right? So I got to do it his way. Remember, I've got to abandon what I believe and I've got to start believing what he believes. And so if he tells me I've got to receive my healing by faith, I believe that. So I'm going to find out what faith is and how to release it and I'll be healed, period. And that's how we have to approach these things. God is very black and white. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's very easy 
to, to uh, be tutored by because things don't change with him. If it's one way, today is going to be that way tomorrow. If it was a certain way 20, 30, 3,000 years ago, well, let's go just 2,000. Let's stay in the, <laughs> the church age. Everything has remained the same in the church age for this, this age of grace all the way through. All the, the way that we relate to God and he relates to man is all the same. So this one man believed that God was able to heal him, but he didn't know if he wanted to heal him. Well, I would think that a response for, from Jesus would be kind of a smoking gun, wouldn't you? Because we're talking about determining whether it's the will of God for you and I to be healed. Well, let's see what Jesus responds to. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him. Now, that's pretty significant. This man has a very contagious disease. Plus, the, the Jewish law said that they were not allowed to touch anyone like that. In fact, any leopard or anyone that had a contagious disease had could not be in the company of those who weren't sick. Many of them were put in these areas where they could just live in their own community and not expose anyone outside the community. So this guy right here is breaking uh, Jewish tradition. The woman with the issue of blood was breaking Jewish tradition. Probably the guy dropped through the ceiling in the, in the, in the stretcher was breaking Jewish tradition. And that's why the, the, Jesus and, and those following him, he just drove the religious leaders crazy. Because to them, he was, they, they thought he was breaking God's laws. But he was just ignoring man-made laws. In no way did Jesus sin or transgress. So here we have a smoking gun. Jesus says, I will be clean. He touched him saying, I will be thou clean. Can it get any cleaner than that? Jesus, is it the will to heal? I will. And then through the laying on of hands, he was made clean. It says that after he touched him and said, be clean, and remember what we said earlier? One of the two prominent components of faith is to believe and is to say. Notice Jesus didn't say, I hope you get clean. No, he proclaimed a statement of faith. King James says, Be thou clean. Just like God saying, light be, and there was light. So he said, health be, and he was made whole. That was a release of faith and power in the behalf of this man who had leprosy. So it was very clear that it's the will of God for the sick to be healed. I want you to go on over to Acts chapter 10. 
Acts chapter 10 and go to verse 38. Now we're looking at areas to answer the question whether or not it's the will of God. Number one, we're looking at the word of God, but we're also looking at the earthly ministry of Jesus because Jesus was and always will be the will of God in action. Everything that Jesus did on the earth, he was following God, he was being obedient to God, and therefore everything he did and said was the will of God. So we can find the will of God in, in any subject just by looking in the word of God, and I'm talking about primarily the epistles, right there from Acts all the way over to Jude, and then also at the earthly ministry of Jesus. Now, understand, the Bible is very clear. It says that God is no respecter of persons, that no person is above another person. And if God does something for one person, now he's, he's required then to do it for everybody. Now, understand that, that there are some perimeters, about, some perimeters around what I just said. Like, for example, you know, Peter walking on the water. Well, that was just a particular uh, power that God gave him in that moment. I can't go to the local, you know, country club and try and walk in their pool, you know, from one side to side without falling into the water, right? But understand when it comes to what he's done for us in the plan of redemption, if, he, if he's done that for one, then he's done it for all. Does that make sense? And so as we look at healing as being part of the atonement and part of redemption, which we'll get to next time, understand that that is given to everyone. And when I say everyone, I'm saying every human being born on the earth. It's God's will to heal everyone. If he says yes to this leopard, then he has to say yes to everyone that came to him. In fact, if you follow the Gospels, you can't find any place in the Gospels that someone who had came, that came up to Jesus and asked for healing, and he denied to heal them. Now, there was an interesting story with the, with the woman whose child was sick, and she wasn't a Jew. I think she was a half-Jew. And she came and asked for the healing of her child. And Jesus said, well, you know, are you going to eat the bread off of the master's table? Or saying that, hey, these things, you know, I've come to, to provide for the Jew, for Israel. And he actually called her a dog. And that's what the Jews called those that weren't, you know, in covenant, so to speak. And she came back and said, rightly said, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs from the master's table. And so he granted her healing for her daughter because she asked in faith. He'll, he'll never deny faith because faith takes a belief in him. And when you believe in him, then it's accounted unto you as righteousness. And so that's pretty powerful. So he never turned anyone away. Hallelujah. 
Isn't that good news? Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Now look at this. It says that God anointed Jesus. We, we could say it this way. God the Father empowered Jesus. So if it's God the one who's empowered Jesus, could we not say that God was doing the works through Jesus? Could we say that? If, if the anointing and the power that was on Jesus was healing, then couldn't we say it was God healing through Jesus? That Jesus wasn't healing the people because he was the Son of God, but, but because he was anointed by God? Absolutely. And this is very important. See, we're kind of expanding on this a little bit as a side journey. Because you and I have been commissioned by Jesus, the head of the church, to lay hands on the sick, and they'll recover. In my name, you shall lay hands on the sick, and the sick shall recover. It's what Jesus said over there in Mark chapter 16. Well, we stumble over that because we think, I can't heal anybody. Rightly said, you can't. But neither could Jesus during his earthly ministry because he laid down his privileges of being God. Well, if he did that, how did he heal? Because he allowed God to anoint him with the Holy Ghost and with power. And so through the anointing, God was healing through Jesus. Jesus became a conduit for the, for the power of God to flow through him to individuals. And that's exactly how you and I heal in the name of Jesus. We become a conduit. We lay hands on them in the name of Jesus. Our representative before the presence of the Father, our advocate, our mediary, our intercessor. He's the one pleading our case before the Father. And so when we lay hands on someone in Jesus' name, then power comes from on high through Jesus and through us. And the same way that Jesus, or the same way that God healed through Jesus, now God heals through believers when we use Jesus' name. When I first started out in the ministry, I was very intimidated to pray for the sick because I knew that I couldn't heal them. And then I started thinking, well, do I have enough faith to heal them? But I just simply need to believe what Jesus says and then act upon it. I just have to be obedient to believe what he said, and then to act on what he said. And if he told me myself 
that I could lay hands on the sick in his name and they shall recover, then instead of me trying to think that I'm the one healing them because of my faith or whatever other reason we come up with, I was good enough this week, I didn't do anything bad, you know, all these stupid reasons we think God will use us. All I need to do is act on the word. I just need to do what the word says because I believe what he said. And so by acting upon it, now God is duly bound to do what he said he would do when I would lay hands on the sick in Jesus' name. It's as simple as that. And that's all Jesus did. He followed the, the leading of his father. He always said what the father wanted him to say. He always did what the father wanted him to do. And that's, what, that's why he kept telling the people, God's doing the work. It's kind of interesting. I'm not sure how many times this was in the Gospels, but there was two people in particular. Um, it was Nicodemus, and he was talking to Jesus there in John chapter 3. And he he had a depiction that Jesus was working with God or that God was working through him. He knew that Jesus was a human. But he realized that a human couldn't do that unless God was working through him. Now later on he found out that he was God in flesh. Because a lot of people thought that Jesus was just a prophet during his earthly ministry. Remember, Jesus went up to his disciples and he says, who do, they, who, who do the people say I am? Well, some say you're the prophet. Some say you're the da 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 And then he says, who do you say I am? And that's when Peter said, you're the Christ, you're the Messiah, you're, the, you're God in flesh. You're the one that the Bible told us was coming. You've come to save the world. And so, and then it was the uh, centurion. And this guy had great faith, right? In fact, Jesus marveled at his faith. Well, why was his faith so great? Because he saw that God was working through Jesus. And that all Jesus had to do was make a command because he saw that Jesus was working under the authority of God. And he says, me as a, as a centurion soldier, that's all I'm doing. I'm working under those people above me. My authority comes from them. I tell them to do this, and they do that, not because of me, but because of the authority behind me. Just like the police officer that comes up and knocks on your window. We're not as much as scared of him as the people he represents. Right? Amen. And so that's how you and I have to see us ministering to others. It's not us, per se. We're simply a vessel. We're just simply a conduit in which God can flow. And as we co cooperate with him in believing what he said he would do through us, and then we'll just simply act on it, we'll see the results thereof. Amen.
So here comes Jesus. You remember where we were? Acts 10, 38. It says that God anointed, he empowered, who? Jesus of Nazareth. Now, what did he empower him with? There's two specific things that he was anointed with. He was anointed or empowered with the Holy Ghost. And he was empowered with dudamis or dynamite or creative miracle working power. Well, what did he do with the Holy Ghost? What did he do with this miracle working power? He went about doing good. Well, what was the good he did? Healing. Notice the word A-L-L after the healing. Now, this is in reference. This is in reference to his earthly ministry. Remember, we can, we can determine the will of God through what Jesus did in his earthly ministry. It says that he healed all. Now, notice who and why he had to heal them. They were oppressed by who? The devil. That's, that's what's so... It just doesn't make sense when people say that sometimes God makes people sick. Why would God work against himself? Why would he use sickness and then send his son down here to heal all? Wouldn't that be undermining what he's trying to accomplish through putting sickness on us? Certainly it would. So that's why it's so silly for people to believe that. The reason they believe that is because they're just, just trying to answer questions of why certain things are happening, and they don't go to the Bible to figure it out, so they just come up with that. Well, let's just put it off on God. It's just not true. Amen? Now, did you see the last part of that verse? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good. What was the good he did? He healed all that were oppressed of the devil. How did he do it? For God was with him. So, if you're going to lay hands on somebody who's sick, and they, they, they've agreed that you can pray for them. And how many know that's important to have? But we can't strong arm anybody and force healing on them. They have to cooperate. It's their, it's their body, right? The, the first thing that you've, you've got to visualize or to remember or to believe that you're now going to do that which is the will of God and because you're doing the will of God that means God is with you he's with you and then you explain to the people that Jesus has instructed you as a believer that if, if, that if you'll
you'll pray for someone who is sick in Jesus' name. Jesus said that they would recover. So I believe when I lay hands on you, God will be working with me or working through me. And I believe when I touch you, healing power is going to go into you and begin creating a cure in that you will recover from this condition. And so you put it all on him. He's the one who told you to do it. He's the one who's with you. It's going to be his power that flows through you. And all you do is believe that that's all taking place when you lay hands on them. And then when you walk away, you believe they're now recovering. You don't look to see if they're any better. You, you don't look for a sign that something happened. You don't ask, did you feel anything when I laid... You, that is all... It's, it's not relevant. It's not relevant. There will be times that you will sense a flow going through you. Because it's spiritual. You don't always feel it, but sometimes you do. And praise God for that. But they're not, they're not healed because you felt that or sensed that. No, they're healed because you are obedient to the word of God and you use the name of Jesus and now you believe they're recovered. You've got to be very careful that when you're representing God and he's working through you, that you, you, you have to detach yourself from this seen realm, the realm of feeling. The, the realm of what you can see. The realm of what you're experiencing. You've got to detach yourself from that because healing that God brings is spiritual. The power that you're releasing and it's flowing through you is actually going to their spirit, not to their body. So it goes to their spirit and then from their spirit it emanates out into their body to create. Divine healing or healing by the word of God is spiritual. And that's what gets us done. That's what gets it done. So number one, you've got to believe that it is the will of God for you to be healed. You've got to believe it's the will of God for the person that you're laying hands on for them to be healed. Regardless of their lifestyle. Regardless of all the stuff that our mind thinks about. Because remember, every person that Jesus healed in his earthly ministry was a sinner. Everyone that he ministered to, after he sat down at the right hand of the Father, had to receive him as their Savior to be born again. He didn't pray for one born-again individual during his earthly ministry. That's a testament to God's love and mercy and the grace that he's extended to you and I. So, Father, we thank you tonight that divine healing, the healing of the ills of our body, is part of your plan. It's part of your will. You desire, you will, you want every person to be healed. It's never a question. 
Now, there can be things that hinder what you will. But as far as you're concerned on your side of this process, it is your will. And we're so thankful for it because faith begins where the will of the Lord is known. We receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. See you guys.